Welcome back to a three-part questions and answers series hosted by Marcia Sortino, Team Seekers, Team Captain. This series captures the best bits of a two-hour conference call that we recorded back in June of 2015. In this second 20-minute segment, join Marcia and Soul, along with Shirley Bay and Rick Rodriguez, two dear friends of Marcia's circle, to explore what you'll experience during your 12-month journey with us. If you'd like to learn more about Shirley and Rick, as well as Marsha, and the reason why Soul published Pay Me What I'm Worth, hop back and listen to part one of this three-part series. We pick up now where we left off in segment one, where Marsha speaks to how she's gaining and maintaining a powerful sense of balance for the first time ever. This second segment concludes with a discussion about ethics, integrity, and morals. How do ethics and morals shape our sense of worth? Listen in to explore more. It's now time to find something to take notes with. Jot your questions down as we go along. If you'd like, you're welcome to post your questions in the comment box below. Well, the balancing that you bring up from a symbolic standpoint, Marcia, I'd like to, you all to think about the shape of an hourglass. When you think of the shape of an hourglass, where it's tall at the top, narrow at the neck, wide at the bottom, from a three-dimensional aspect, what symbol does that inspire? If you think of the numbers 1 through 10, what number comes to mind when you envision an hourglass? Eight. Exactly. And what is the symbol of eight? If you turn it on its side. Infinity. Bingo. Yeah, I think it's infinite. And that's so funny because I was born on April 8th. So the 8th is my day. <laughs> I've always liked the number 8. I don't know why. The timeline, if you think about this, if you think of infinity, if you think of 8, the symbol of 8, the shape of 8, is the way your journey is laid out for you in Pay Me What I'm Worth. May I expand that? Please do. Yes, please do. I'll start this explanation along the lines of being as transparent as I can be. I have been known to lose something in the house, and I will shred the house. I will turn it upside down, inside and out. I will search the garage. I'll search the office. I can't find what I'm looking for. It pisses me off. I want it. So what do I do as I go to the store where I know I can buy another one? And because... Whatever it is that I'm looking for obviously is purposefully hiding itself. Do you think I can find it in the store? No, I know it's there. And inevitably, I'll finally break down and I'll turn to a clerk and say, here's what I'm looking for. Do you guys still carry this? And of course, the clerk looks at me as if I'm completely blind and they'll just point at it right in front of my nose. Right there, right? (laughs) Have anybody else ever had that happen to them before? Of course. And then to add insult to injury, as soon as I walk in the door with the bag of the thing that I've been looking for and I set it down and I open up the bag, what do you think I find right in front of my nose in my own home? (laughs) What you were looking for to begin with. Well, on this journey, consider me your clerk. The journey I lay out for us is we begin with the wide angle of the hourglass. I ask you to get remembered by remembering who you are. I take you on a journey first. We start out 
in the concrete world, your stuff world, your material world, we wake up some awarenesses about what does your stuff mean to you? How does your stuff, you can touch it, taste it, see it, smell it, what does that do for you? How does that affect your sense of worth? So that we can get it in balance with our next step, more of the more esoteric world, the skills world, the traits world. We do a skills inventory. Marcia, you were kind of blown away with that skills inventory. Yes, because I think I looked at skills as something that you could list and that had an end. But then I realized, really, there are so many skills we have that it's never-ending thing, even the little skills it takes to boil an egg. And it's very easy to discount. I mean, Dr. Rick, you can do things that I would find mind-boggling. I couldn't even begin to wrap my brain around it right now, but because you've done it so many times, you don't even think twice. Same thing with you, Shirley. There are certain things that you do that you've done so often, it's like breathing. You don't even think about it, yeah? Everybody is that is that way, right? Yeah, I'm that way. Shirley would have to be Marcia. She has crazy skills. I mean, when she... She doesn't even know the skills she has when she talks to people, when she interacts to people. I mean, holy crap. Lady is talented, let me tell you. In essence, as we get into our skills inventory, my goal is the more we are awake and aware of our skills, even the most minute skills, the more we change our vibration to that of confidence, a compassionate confidence the more we change our vibration to a sense of being grounded, that who we are and what we are as we are is perfect. The outcome of that that I have found for myself, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but what I have found for myself is in the past when I used to attract people that wanted to take advantage of me or disrespect me or treat me in ways that weren't the most healthy, those people don't show up in my life anymore. And even better, I'm attracting people who are what I call more of a symbiotic relationship. I want to help them grow. They want to help me grow. And because they're helping me grow, I want to help them grow. Yeah? Yes. Yes. So on this journey, as you wake up to what your material world means, when, when you wake up to what you're, who you are from a more esoteric standpoint, now that we've cleaned off your shelves of who and what you are, we start looking at relationships. Marsh is in the chapter where we talk about the whole mentoring process, yeah? Yes. What are you finding surprising in this chapter? I'm coming across people that can help me with what I want to do. And Dr. Rick, you are one of them. <laughs> you said video marketing. <laughs> There's certain people that I know have the trait and the talent that can help me, and I have reached out to them. I'm starting to feel that point where I'm starting to meet and really have good relationships with the people that I want to have good relationships with. I can't explain it. It's just what I feel. It's like that state of being that I'm in. So you're beginning to shift your energy. You're attracting to you those who are a little more in alignment of helping you blossom. Yeah? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
So our next step, as we get closer to the more narrow end of the top half of the hourglass, is I help you create what I call a worth timeline. Literally, you take an old roll of wrapping paper and you roll out about eight feet of it. And you're going to map out on a timeline all of the stuff that we've dug up in the first three chapters. And you're going to map out things like relationships and education and travel and money and health. You're going to match out things like careers and changes and trips and important people. You're going to map out all this stuff that basically is banging around in your head right now. But you probably haven't seen it visually in front of you. And I tell you this, I do this one chapter all by itself as a retreat. And when people get their charts done and they stand back, kind of like you're looking at your own masterpiece painting, I have watched people literally transform right there because for the first time in their life, they see their patterns. Wow. It totally makes sense. Absolutely. Because I've never done that. The most profound thing I've ever experienced in my life is to see my patterns of success, my patterns of sabotage, my pad the patterns, the chorus lines of my life. I've never seen them. <laughs> so once we get through that exercise, I now have you in a space where you not only have your mountain level view of life, you're on the top of the mountain looking down into the valley and looking at your life from a very broad perspective. You've gotten an awareness of your patterns. But you also have at the street level, you've looked at the cobblestone. You've turned over the stones. You've kicked open the garbage can. You, you have an intimate awareness of the micro and the macro level. Yeah? This is where we go through the neck of the hourglass. Chapter 5, we now go from the me world. It's all about me. We get into the rest of the world. The first half of our book, chapters one through five, is learning how to receive. And I think, Marsha, I've really challenged you with this part, haven't I? Oh, my gosh, yes. When I got to Boston, I didn't have that job. And so everybody that I talked to, everybody else had some sort of income. So for me to switch and take a look at this perspective in a different way was really difficult for me. i got to tell you, it, it really did help me to say, yes, I want help. I need help. I accept help. This program, when I got the book in my hand, and I really started understanding the difference in the fact that how can I keep giving, 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 because that's basically what I was doing was I did a lot of giving, but it didn't seem like the effort came back fast enough. Thinking Grow Rich is great, but it wasn't really me taking my own journey into my work. That basically was the reason why I was attracted to this program. I met Christina, who introduced me to you, and we talked, and you really helped me to see that there is balance, that there should be balance in giving and receiving. So I really appreciated that because I was off balance there. 
Charlie, do you have any reflections so far? What, or Dr. Rick, do you have any reflections? Anybody? No, I need to finish reading what Soul told me to get busy and read. I have started it, but I have not finished it. So when I get done with that, I'm sure I will have more questions. Both my wife and I are sitting here, yes, we need to learn how to receive better, yes, where do we get this book, yes, that everything this man said we understand and agree with. We've always loved what you brought to the table, you. So when you bring something to the table, I try to look at it and and analyze it, and uh, this is the most profound thing that you've ever brought to me, and it's just exactly like, if I could just like ring a bell right now, Soul knows that, He 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 knows it also, don't you? <laughs> Get out of my mind, Rick. He's reading <laughs> my mind. All right. Now we know. Got your number. No. <laughs> uh, um, you understand that, and this is exactly the path that we're on and when exactly what we were not looking for and needed. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Part of my goal here, Shirley, is even though you've got some stuff to read, what I'd really like right now is when you look into your intuition, you you feel your gut. Do you mind sharing what your gut's feeling like? What I'm hearing is uh, this program teaches you to think for yourself, for one, and not have somebody tell you what to think, and also to uh, get in touch with your inner self, which everybody should do, but they don't, and to... Have a mentor that you can go to and talk about things and help you work through whatever you might be having. So that's basically it for me for right now. Well, you can skip all the reading. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can skip all the reading? <laughs> well, I've got most of it read, but not all of it. But <laughs> It's really much more than that. I can't even put it into words. It's so different. What I can say is that I really looked at this program and I said, wow, it includes advertising, it includes blog talk, radio. I mean, we do, there's so much here to actually, where we can help people, really help people. We actually learn how to express ourselves, not in that negative way, but to be able to say things where our feelings are at in such a way that, wow, all of a sudden it's like you are awakened. You are realizing, you're feeling, you're so different. Every exercise challenges me to the next level. It challenges me to be, I mean, I've never had a program like this before. Ever. It's so refreshing. And the strange part is, is she keeps coming back for more, even though it gets piled on and piled on. She keeps coming back to the table. So, okay. <laughs> well, that's Marsha. <laughs> Let me take you the rest of the way through the hourglass. The first half of the book is about learning how to receive by awakening your awareness on how many different ways we may have been blocking what's waiting for us. It broadens our vision to see that there's so much out there waiting for us to tap into. But because we've had our blinders on from this notion that we have to give, give, give before we can receive, we've blocked ourselves from receiving. 
So as we get into the second half, as we pass through the hourglass neck and getting into the second half of the book, chapters 6 through 10, the first half of the book is very you-focused, very me-focused. It's like you staring into the mirror. And then once we get into the second half of the book, now I'm going to say, okay, I need you to pack your bags, I need you to walk to your front door, and I need you to willingly open that front door, and I invite you to step through that front door and learn how to give strings-free, expectations-free, abundance-oriented, that whatever we're giving out, we just know it's going to be returning to us tenfold. And so the second half of the book is more like the Buddhist, I'm actually a Buddhist monk, it's more of a Buddhist polishing the mirrors perspective. It's looking at, for example, in chapter 6, I do what I call you get what you pay for, well, otherwise known as karma, yeah? Right. What's everybody's definition of karma? It's a good question. I've always like tried to figure out so many different definitions to karma, and I've always thought it's sort of like something you sort of get back what what you give out in a way. If you're a mean SOB and you go around being mean to people, that you'll probably die a mean death or something like that. You know, I mean that's sort of more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something like that. In chapter six, what I posit the notion of is what goes around comes around. So whatever it is I put out into the world, I need to be very conscious that whatever it is that I'm putting out in the world, I want it back around to me. Chapter six, I lead you through an exercise called mental laundry. And I have you bust out the detergent forgiveness versus the knockoff brand forgetfulness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's There's a big difference. Big, 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 big difference. The second half of the book, Learning How to Give, it's more of polishing our way of what are some of those beliefs that we have so rooted in us, we're not even aware of it. To help exemplify this, I use the old joke, cut the ends of the ham off joke. Does anybody know this joke? No. 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 Oh, come on. You've never heard the cut the ends of the ham off? Oh, my God. Oh, cut the, ha- the ends of the ham off? Yeah. Like when they're, you're cooking? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one. All right, what's your version? <laughs> okay. I got this ham I'm going to put in the oven, so I put it in the pot, and it won't fit. So I try to make it fit and find a bigger pot, and Grandma says, no, you don't have to find a bigger pot. All you have to do is cut the ends off and put it in the pot. And that's the story that I heard. Now, I don't know if that's what yeah, you're that's talking pretty about. pretty much it. Yeah. There's, you know, the old story of how one generation will pass on a, a, a particular way of doing something, and because we were taught that, nine right. out of ten, what we were taught in our infancy, we probably never questioned. Right. Right? Right. We so did she, it. So I would teach my kids to do the same thing. <laughs> and so on and so on until somebody right. someday says, Surely, why the hell are you cutting the ends off? Is there something wrong with the ham? (laughs) Right. So I invite you in the second half of the book to look at all of these cherished beliefs from angles that you may not necessarily have seen before. And by looking at those beliefs, we begin to recognize how we shape what we think and what we say and what we do so that we align 
Chapter 9, for example, as we get to the bottom half of the hourglass, chapter 10 is our last chapter, chapter 9 talks about ethics and integrity. Who wants to take a stab at their definition of ethics and integrity? Ethics and integrity is like treating people like you want to be treated and doing things, don't do things to other people that you don't want done to you or something like that, right? Do unto others? Yep, golden rule. That's what I would say. Something like that. I mean, I I treated every patient that came into surgery. That's my patient, and it's like my mother laying on the table, or it's like my daughter or whatever. I protect that. Like, that my life depends on that patient getting out of the room. That's how I was taught. And to me, that's ethics and integrity. Not being hypocritical. Right. How do you define morals, then? Morals. Morals are these conditioned things that have been been bred into us and conditioned into us through literature and social pressure is what morals are. I mean, the true definition of morals, but if you're talking about morals for myself, that's where I've got all my morals from, is from society, really. And then I had to, like, erase the ones that I didn't like and work and get some more for myself. Is that how you define it also, Shirley? Well, a lot of morals you get from your parents and siblings and stuff like that as you grow up, I think. But, I mean, I know I do. Let me toss this concept out. Is it fair to say that the more complex something is, the more difficult, the more likely you're going to feel like you screwed up? Sure. Yeah. If you you can't simplify things in your mind, then difficult to figure out if you screwed up or not. You can't even figure out if you screwed up because you could rationalize one way or the other. So in that flavor, in Chapter 9, I posit this notion that ethics and integrity are very simple things, that unfortunately most dictionaries marry ethics with morals, and they should not be married. Ethics is quite simple. Ethics are word equal deed, period. One of the things that I try to help simplify is a way for us to really be valued fully is that the more often my word equals my deed, in most cultures, when they see that alignment between what I say and what I do, and they see an equal sign, in most cultures they value that. True? Yeah, certainly. Morals contain ethics. Ethics do not contain morals. Here's why. Judging is a byproduct of morals. Follow? That makes sense. Yeah. Certainly makes sense. Morals are constantly changing based on something. What do you think about this discussion concerning ethics and morals? Did you imagine a book titled Pay Me What I'm Worth would take you on a journey that includes exploring concepts such as karma, ethics, and morals. You see, our sense of worth is deeply rooted in what we judge to be good or bad, right or wrong. Join us in the last segment of this three-part series to explore how we conclude our 12-month journey together by diving deep into a concept or state known as gratitude. How does gratitude shape our sense of worth? When is gratitude not gratitude? 
but actually forms of manipulation. Ah, listen to part three to learn more. Then connect with Marsha directly at 617-833-9721. Again, Marsha's number is 617-833-9721 to explore when her next class starts. You're listening to Soul, the executive producer for Pay Radio. Talk radio worth listening to. We look forward to hearing your wit and wisdom in an upcoming class. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.